What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. We made this. Ladies and gentlemen, it was a cold-blooded, premeditated murder. everyone and welcome to the Red and Berry podcast. Unfortunately, Sarah's not with us today, but don't worry, you're not just stuck with me, Frankie. I also have a wonderful author with us today. I've got Simon Stevenson here. Hi, Simon. Hi, good to meet you. You too. How are you doing? Uh, I'm great, thank you. I'm uh, um, I'm here in Los Angeles where it's a little bit too hot as always in August, but apart from that, I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah, I was going to say because I mean I'll go into your bio in a minute. Obviously, you're a you're a Scottish native originally. Absolutely. Bit of a bit of a culture shock. Bit of a weather system shock over there. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a bit of a bit of an everything shock. But it actually it actually works really well for me because I'm quite a sort of naturally dour, pessimistic, melancholic <laughs> Scot, and like all the ridiculous exuberance of. of the Americans, I think, actually, just sort sort of between their ridiculous positivity and my ridiculous negativity, it kind of balances me out to to to, to a sort of normal human level. So so, so, <laughs> so so it's a good place for me. And it's always I always find Americans find our dour British pessimism so charming. They're like, oh, that's so charming that you expect the worst of everything. And... Honestly, it's it's quite incredible. I think it's this big secret that that's sort of not spoken about enough. It's just just how far any kind of British accent can get you in the united states like yes. uh, like, like, like we have this running joke that like i'm i'm pretty clumsy and i'm like forever dropping my mobile phone and you know obviously like you know if you don't have the apple care insurance or something you know you're normally in in trouble but you know i just go in there and just act as british as possible i mean i'm sorry i don't know what's happening here. And, and they just give you a new phone it's, it's, it's amazing it's happened many times to me now i think they call it the hugh grant effect i think that must be it yeah yeah the kind of bum oh i'm awfully sorry <laughs> yeah right although early period Hugh Grant because of course he's yes. now sort of playing some some complex characters and villains and stuff so so, yes. so, so we may not want to channel that and he's all political and powerful and it's great but yeah Absolutely no you're right yep, yeah. 
<laughs> Brilliant. So I've written a little bio about you, which I will read out for the benefit of our listeners. And I, hopefully it's accurate. You can tell me if it's horribly wrong once I've finished it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here we go. Simon Stevenson is a Scottish former doctor turned writer and Hollywood screenwriter. Now residing in LA, as we've just said, Simon has worked on Luca and the electrical life of Louis Wayne and has also contributed to Paddington 2, aka everyone's favourite. Simon has written three books. His first, titled Let Not the Waves of the Sea, was a memoir of his journey following the loss of his brother in the Indian Ocean tsunami. One best first book at the Scottish Book Awards was a book of the week on BBC Radio 4 and a Daily Telegraph book of the year. His first novel, Set My Heart to Five, was a bookseller book of the month and has been optioned by working title films to be directed by Edgar Wright from Simon's own screenplay. His latest novel, Sometimes People Die, is out on the 1st of September and is a literary thriller set in a hospital where patients are mysteriously dying. As well as taking time out of his busy schedule to appear on silly book podcasts, Simon also lives in a house that was the site of a brutal Hollywood murder in 1927. Is that correct? That is all uh, a, a thousand pe- percent correct. In fact, it's so correct it's almost as if my, my mum wrote it from her scrapbook. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, she sent over some great photos as well, so <laughs> I can't include those in the social <laughs> post. But can I first ask, can you tell me more about this brutal Hollywood murder, please? Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so it's a strange thing. So, 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 so I live, uh, we rent a house in um, a place called Beachwood Canyon, which is, people might know it if they've been to Los Angeles, because it's it's weirdly, it's the one that you drive up to, to get to the Hollywood sign. So every day when I'm driving home, it's there sort of nagging at me that I didn't work hard enough and <laughs> try, try, try and work harder. Live the American dream, damn it. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, when I'd lived there for about six months, one of my neighbours introduced me to this other neighbour that was walking past. And the second neighbour said, oh, then you live in the murder house. And, <laughs> and I, I said, no, no, I don't. I mean, absolutely not. And then, yeah, 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 exactly right. And then the first neighbour said, oh, sorry, we, we didn't want to tell you because we thought you might be scared. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, there was, there was, there was, it was kind of like a, like a love triangle between, um, uh, the, the, there was a married couple that, that lived in the house and she was an actress and he was a, he was a vaudeville star. Um, but the, his, that, meant he had to go off doing sort of vaudeville tours all the time and uh she the actress was having an affair with this you know mm. hot young actor who lived up the street and then um things things all came to a head and the um the hot young actor actually killed the husband um in my in my living room um wow and and, and you know it's it's long enough ago it's kind of you know, almost a hundred years ago now. That, 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 yeah, the that, 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 that stains have faded, and also the sort of like, you, you know, I think it's just about possible to talk about it. You know, in a sort of not trivial way. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. But I mean, I sort of found, I, I found a sort of communion with them because you, you know I read a lot about them and stuff, but and, and nothing much changed. You know, they were all out here. You know, like I was, like like I am, like you know, kind of like you know, struggling and you know, looking for what the next gig is and and all of that. And it just it just doesn't change. You know, hundred years ago, and mm. it's it's the, it's the same. I mean, obviously, hopefully, we're not murdering anyone in in my house these days. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's quite a story. Are you even tempted to write a screenplay about? that um I'm, i i i am i i i, mm. I am and sort of uh, I, yeah watch the space i think is the, is the <laughs> and, i mean we will talk about books in a minute but do yeah. you believe in ghosts um uh so i the, the honest answer is no because i am like uh you know i was i was a physician before i did this sort so i'm mm. just a brutal scientific rationalist yeah yeah like, <laughs> like, like, like everything is you know binary to me and my, my last book was you know told from the perspective of an, of an android and you know, people would say mm-hmm. how did you get how did you get into that 
super binary headspace as well. That's that, that is my headspace. That that's how I that's how I exist. So so um I I, I don't really no no I I I I have to say I, I don't. I think it'd be more fun and interesting if I did, but alas. Alas, I can't claim that I do. No, that's okay. I mean, just, I, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm not obviously a, an ex-doctor or anything like that, but I would like to believe it. But yeah. yeah. It's so I always find it really fascinating to hear people's different opinions on it. But you see, yeah. as you mentioned your last book, so you've written a memoir, you've written sci-fi, you've written screenplays for children, you've done yep. all sorts of different things. So what's inspired the move to crime writing for you? Um, great question. Um, I mean, I, I think the first thing is I, you know, probably like a lot of people, like I read really widely, like I don't really have, you know, I only read crime or I only read mm. literature or horror or whatever it is. Like, you, you know, I, I enjoy all of them. And um, so... I think, you know, partly it's just, you know, that, you know, I do read a lot of crime and I love it. And, you know, I want to, when I get involved in that, um, I think. Not the, the crime itself. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think probably the two specific things that happened were, um, one was, I, I do think actually living in this house probably, you, you know, because it's there with you, you, you sort of think about it most days, you know, so mm. I, I think that probably um, colored things a little bit. And then the other thing uh, was actually the pandemic. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a doctor. I haven't worked in the hospital for 10 years. Um, so when the pandemic came, I signed up to volunteer and all of that stuff. And of course, nobody wanted me, which was, you know, prob- probably the right thing. Or, 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 <laughs> yeah, but, but the, the, you know, it, what, what they needed was people to do those super technical, you know, run the ventilators and things like that. And that's not something mm-hmm. that, you know, I could even do 10 years ago. Um, so uh, nobody wanted me. And obviously that, you know, comes with a lot of, a, a lot of guilt, let's say, if, if you, you know, have that qualification and you can see the whole world, you know, struggling and you're thinking, why am I, why am I doing my bit? You know, I felt like a, like a mm. deserter that had left the army just before the big, the big war um, and kind of expected people to give me white feathers in the street if, if I stepped <laughs> outside. And so um, I think, you know, because of that, I'm sure we were all thinking a lot about hospitals and um, all of, all of, all of that. And um, yeah, that kind of, I think, was the thing that got me, um, got, got me thinking a lot about that. One thing I found really interesting about your book was obviously you were writing about very complex medical procedures using, you know, it could easily get very complicated and difficult to communicate to a layman or, you know, someone like me that, you know, I've watched, I've watched a lot of medical dramas and things. I like to think I know a bit about medical stuff. I don't. So how do you go about kind of translating these complex medical situations into something that a layman like me can understand or at least not completely switch off mentally from it? Yeah, well, I mean, I I, I, I hope I've been successful. Um, yeah. I think the thing is that as a, you know, as a doctor or a nurse or, or any of those I think that's actually what you spend a lot of your day doing, right? Is mm. is mm. you know communicating with with, with with patients and all the rest of it. So so there's I guess there's certain you know certain metaphors that you you tend to fall back on and and uh, yeah I, I I think I think that's pro- probably a big part of it. I mean I definitely you know there was a few things that you know my editor was like well you know I don't understand this and you know that's quite a good barometer of well I'm mm. definitely done something wrong there and then um I guess the other thing was just in terms of the books also being released in America and and so, and so there was you know some 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 changes just in terms of they don't really get centigrade in the way that I still don't get Fahrenheit after being here for 10 years yeah I do <laughs> did you have to make everyone more attractive for the American market as well <laughs> exactly I, I had to fix their teeth that was the, the, <laughs> George Clooney everyone yeah, absolutely quite right quite right <laughs> 
And how many of the experiences that you obviously, hopefully not the murderous ones, but yeah. how many of the kind of the medical experiences did you experience from well, our stories from your own arsenal? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point. I mean, I think so. So, so, so absolutely, like the 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 murder stuff is, of course, all all, all fiction. Good. Yeah, I mean, kind of partly why I wanted to write this book was to sort of. I'd had all these experiences as 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 a junior doctor, and they were really formative in my life. And you know, I think in a lot of ways, you know, the truth is that I wasn't quite tough enough to you know work in that job for you know all of my working life, and um, because it 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 takes so much of you and, and and it demands so much of you, and you know, so I have just such admiration for everyone that is is able to do that. And I think um, particularly now. You know, when we hear them saying that, you know, things are as bad as they've ever been and actually worse, then, you know, really, really important that, that, that we listen to that. Um, so I think the overall thing I kind of wanted to get across was just just how tough that that job. I mean, I think people know how, how tough it can be, but some of the stuff, of you know, what it's like doing night shifts mm. and, and, and things like that. And then in terms of the actual stories in the book and things like that i mean i think mostly they're probably fictitious kind of based on you, you know different things that may have happened to friends or may may, may have happened to me but have been, have, have been changed quite a lot mm. i think some of some of those experiences though things like say there's there's a bit in the book where the narrator certifies someone dead mm. and that is kind of it's not you know based on anyone I ever certified dead, but just in terms of the process of that super strange thing that there's, again, there's just this binary moment of, you know, someone's alive and then they're not, and you're suddenly left, you know, alone in a room with them at four o'clock in the morning in, in, in a tower block some, somewhere in London. And it's William Burroughs had this thing where, you know, he called the naked lunch moment, the moment when everybody, you know, suddenly realizes what's on the end of every fork. And the only thing that holds things together is language because, you, you know, you're yeah. sort of, oh, this is, I'm eating. That's, that, that's what this makes sense. And I think, that that's always a sort of naked lunch moment for me is you know just suddenly what is this strange situation where me and a live human and this person this formerly alive human are sort of in this in this strange communion together so so certainly those things were were, were very um based on based based on reality and then things like you know the narrator's scottish and i'm scottish so um i think you, you know I, I don't necessarily believe in write what you know because my last book was about an android um <laughs> but that said it was it was certainly um I really wanted to give it this texture of realism, you know, and and, and cap capture this world that, that, that I did once so well. Yeah, I think you definitely did. I was one hundred percent. Interesting, you mentioned your narrator, and forgive me if I've missed it. I I did check a few times. Yep. He's not named, is he? He's, he's not named. No, no. Is that well? That was, and that was a, obviously a deliberate decision. How come you decided to go down that route? Um, I I think a couple of reasons. I think I think the first thing is that I find names really hard. Like, 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 I think they sort of, um, if you get them right, it's perfect. And if you don't, it can really just take you out of it. And I think, Mm. um, you you know, my mum was a school teacher and and she always said that, you know, naming children was the most difficult thing in the world for her because, you know, she's, she's knowing, you know, a naughty version of every every child that exists. Right. Um, And, uh, um, I I think, you know, something a bit like that in terms of, I feel like with names, we, we, we naturally bring our own, you, you know, if he's called Paul then maybe you know a Paul who you, mm. you, you, you project onto that so um yeah I just I wanted to sort of do the I guess I guess do the simple thing was 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 the honest answer and then yeah I suppose also because the book's sort of quite confessional I, I, I feel mm. like maybe some some anonymity is is the right thing 
Yeah, I think, and it also kind of made it more realistic in a way because if you're writing your perspective, you don't tend to drop your own name in when you're right, exactly. talking about your experiences. It's a bit weird and self-referential, yeah. I suppose. Exactly. I mean, even in your head, right? Even when you're thinking mm. about yourself, you don't think, well, Simon's going to get lunch after this and then Simon's going to, you know. Yeah, I call myself way worse things than my own name. <laughs> <laughs> normal way of dealing with it. Now, obviously, you're dipping your toe in the crime yeah. genre with writing, which is great. Do you you read a lot of crime? You said you read you read a bit. I I, I do absolutely. Yeah, it's um it, it's definitely the thing I reach for when you know I want to really enjoy myself. You, you, <laughs> you know, in terms of like if I'm going on holiday or something, it's always let's mm. take some crime. That's the that's the fun bit. You know, you know, sometimes I think of crime as like it's not the dessert to the meal, but it, you know, it's definitely one of the most enjoyable bits, right? And you know, yeah. you have to you have to eat your vegetables too you have to you know read your long-listed booker literature prize books then you can um, have a murder exactly (laughs) exactly i think that's right yeah Um, so on the flip side of that there are a lot of fantastic crime books out there there are some that maybe aren't quite so strong and maybe some tropes you see over and over again get a little bit a little bit annoying a little bit weak which ones that have you read recently or just generally kind of you're a bit sick of at this point and you think oh god not this again yeah yeah so 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 my thing is actually i get more annoyed with with crime screenwriting than 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 crime writing oh interesting uh i i I think that um um i think that the there's a lot more originality in 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 crime prose writing than there is in crime screenwriting Mm. and i think a lot of times in screenwriting things necessarily get funneled down that just that it, it's it's like an algorithm and and you know a couple of bits mm. of the algorithm that i really don't like and have me yelling at the tv um number one is the murder wall and you feel like you can just you know hear the producer whispering in the writer's ear you know show don't tell do something visual yeah get more string <laughs> yeah yeah more, can I, exactly add, add string and, and, and photograph um, yeah. so that is uh that's definitely one and then the kind of like deus ex machina go to the lab and you know the lab person gives you your, your miraculous miraculous clue but the machine mm. was broken for four days is, is, is why we only have the clue at the, the point in the, the the point in the story <laughs> that we need so uh so, so 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 yeah those are the kind of things where where, where, where i get um i get out no that's, that's a really good point because i mean I'm, I'm not a part of the police force but i can't think that they all necessarily have the walls like that right? I, I, i've always wanted to know i've always wanted to ask someone and yeah. make maybe yeah. maybe there there will like i have to say like like i think they did do it brilliantly in the wire um mm. and and i think partly that was just because that plot was, plot was so sprawling and complex you genuinely mm. sometimes did need the spreadsheet to say oh i remember this guy from episode four like there, there he is over there yeah. um but uh yeah i think um i'm, I'm gen- generally against uh murder walls <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold stance <laughs> to take i think even as well from an environmental perspective that's a lot of waste of paper isn't it like and, yeah, and string you know, you know and string, string. And, and, and photographs i mean it should all be on an ipad these days probably you know really should. much more economical <laughs> that way yeah absolutely <laughs> and you are a reader obviously what was the last book that you read and loved yeah so 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 so, so i'm late to it but um i'm sort of catching up on the rest of the world with 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 mick heron's slow horses um yeah. uh which is it's just a joy and, and, and is, is exactly that thing of you know just you know not just anything actually just brilliantly enjoyable well done mm. like a good 
perspective, a, a, a good point of view. And yeah, I, I, I find that hard to do. Um, and I'm sort of, it's frustrating because I'm desperate to watch the TV show, but I'm, you know, kind of trying to read all the books first that people keep telling yeah. me about bits of the TV show and I want them to, I want them to stop. <laughs> the worst people. I was just at the Harrogate Crime Festival oh, wonderful. last month. Yeah. And, and he won Crime Book of the Year. So quite he's doing right. quite well. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, think, I think he doesn't mind that I'm I'm a bit late behind behind the rest of everyone. <laughs> I, I don't think that's that's keeping him awake at night right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but clearly, you know, he he's quite good. So it, you've made the correct assessment of his work. Yeah, but but it's it's funny because I I, I didn't I mean I didn't know that I, sh- I should have you know kept more on track of, of what's happening. But of course, living living out here is strange because you're a little bit isolated from mm. you, you know some of the so, 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 some of the British stuff. So like um. Certainly, like you know, I have a few British friends that are, you, you, you know know of them and reading the books, and, and a lot of the Americans are watching the TV show. But mm. yeah, in, in terms of that uh, that knowledge of you know, it sounds like he's obviously you know rightly very big in Britain. Mm. Um, yeah, I should I, sh- I should keep more. It's probably important to keep more in touch with what's happening in the world of publishing. That would probably help me in my career. It's it's also I mean, so Harrogate was amazing. Basically, just from my perception of it, just a bunch of it's like an author holiday camp. Basically, everyone just goes there, gets really drunk and hangs out it feels like wow. so and, and, yeah. and does it does it work because the the, the, yeah. the challenge we have here is um so you know as a screenwriter you have to be in the writers guild and it's great they're wonderful mm. in lots of ways one of the ways they're not wonderful is the annual writers guild christmas party because there's just not enough walls and corners in the room for all, all mm. the wall, wallflowers <laughs> you, you, right. you know there's just nobody's <laughs> yeah. nobody's talking to anybody everybody's just on their phone sort of being 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 introverts so uh um, but it sounds like maybe harrogate there's a bit more uh, yeah. a couple of extroverts in the mix to, to to liven things up yeah there definitely is they, they basically have a tent so it's obviously it's a, it's a weekend it's a four-day festival and they have a big old tent uh, outside with a bar in it and I think that's the key is the bar <laughs> yeah right sure that's that's the move. yeah exactly it gets a bit of uh, social lubrication and yeah. uh, everyone I th- I'm always amazed that all of the authors seem to know each other and be friends and if they're new, I met loads of authors that had never been before and they are always welcomed in really readily like it's a very supportive uh, world the the UK crime world sure yeah I, I, yeah I think that might might be the brute world in general like like like, mm. like there's not been any specific crime festivals yet but in terms of uh, certainly the book festivals I did I didn't get to do book festivals with the previous novel because it was the middle of the pandemic but with, oh. with the memoir um, yeah I've, I've got just some great memories of, of you know going mm-hmm. to these different places and, and, and making all these new friends and yeah, uh, yeah I, think, I think it's definitely more more supportive than say the, some, sometimes the film world can be a bit cutthroat so uh, um, yeah it's, it's yeah, nice it feels a lot less competitive I would imagine I, I, yeah I, I think it's just less frantic you, mm. you, you know you know, there's understanding that like you know, it takes a year or years to write a book and then all of that stuff absolutely are you planning to write any more crime fiction then um yeah it's it, it, it's a really interesting one so so when i um finished my last book the, the sci-fi book I, I made this pledge that i was gonna by the time the next book came out which is sometimes people die i was already going to have the book after that written so that i wouldn't be in this situation i was in of like doing all the press and not knowing what my next thing was and you know thinking oh wow i better write another book uh so so of course i haven't done that at all and, uh, and, and i've got <laughs> no idea what the, uh, yeah 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 what the, what, what the next book is i mean i do I, I i this has been such a great experience for me and i definitely you know would like to you know return to the genre like whether that mm. is the next one or or, or 
or, or whether that's down the line. I mean, I feel like, you know, I've got the, I've got a memoir, I've got sci-fi, I've got crime. Like next I have to just go to romance or like, I, I, I don't know what, <laughs> what, 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 what the other genres of, of historical fiction, maybe that's, that's, yeah. that's one. Um, Do you have a genre wall in your house with those strings? <laughs> I, that, that's what I need, isn't it? That's exactly what I need, a, a genre wall. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, perfect. The, the beauty as well, I think, of, of crime fiction is that you can write straight crime, but also so many great ones coming out nowadays they mix all the genres there's no clear box you know there doesn't have to be so that's the great thing is you know uh, and i would say that with your book as well that it was obviously it's a crime book but there was so much more going on than just the murder of it it was like you say it was about the people and it was about the the doctors and the patients and the victims and you know it, it enriches a crime story i think if it's not just straight up Absolutely, yeah. and I think it also makes it easier for us non, you know, us non uh, detectives to to, mm. to do it right. Because I'm also impressed at you know writers that you know don't have the background in the police and write mm. these, you know, what seem to me like very convincing, you know, police procedures. And I'm also like, how how did you know that? Like, how did you know that happens? Mm. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I I I, I think if, if it could be a broad church, that that's very helpful to to people like me. Yeah, it makes you wonder how many of them have actually committed loads of murders and they're just getting away with it. <laughs> there you go, exactly. It's, it's it's entirely possible, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on people next time at Harrogate. You should come to Harrogate next year because it is really really fun. I, I I would love it if if they'd have me. It was definitely one when like so my book obviously coming out next week, mm. which is September, and unfortunately a lot of the crime festivals and a lot of the book festivals are spring and summer and and, and there's a little smattering in in in, in autumn but um uh, i don't know I, I i don't know if by the time you know the next harrogate comes around i'll already be mm. considered passe because the book will have been out for nine months so basically yeah. i probably need to try and write another one and just time it better yeah be you can, you can the beauty is though you can just show up as just to, for the experience it's Wonderful. really fun yeah so i recommend I should do it. that yeah absolutely that would be yeah that would be the even more fun actually yeah, <laughs> exactly. you can actually relax. am i going to make a fool of myself on the panel with writing obviously you uh, you've written various mediums at this point which is very exciting but what do you enjoy most about the process and what do you enjoy least about it so so what i enjoy most is the day when you start and the day when you finish and what i enjoy least is like that whole thing in between I mean it's I'm, I'm definitely you know grateful that I get to do this for my job you know I know I'm very lucky and I'm always very conscious that you know this could go away tomorrow and um so so so, so I do work very hard I um you know, I, I do genuinely like the, you know, the joy of, you know, starting to think about a new project and everything's possible. And, you, you know, you can have all these high, high, high hopes and aspirations. And, you know, and I love the, the sense of like, you know, when you the last like the last few passes when it's really come together and, and you're starting just doing sort of, sort, of, sort, of, sort of polishing things. That moment I like um, when you're mm. not doing the, the kind of heavy lifting. But I think it, I, th- I think it's kind of universal that, and it's normal to, you know, have very bad days and, you, you know, wonder what you're doing. I, I read an interview with Aaron Sorkin, you know, one of the great, you know, yeah. writers of our time. And he says that, you know, even him, you know, when, when he sits down with a, you know, a blank page, um, you know, the blank page is telling him, you can't do this. Maybe you were lucky before, but but you just can't do that. And you think, well, if Darren Sorkin has, you know, yeah. ha, 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 has those thoughts, we all just have to battle our way through them and 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 see see see, see where we get. So um, uh, yeah, I definitely um, I, I do like that. I, I suppose the one thing that I'm not quite so keen on is the solitude. So mm. the thing, I mean, the thing I really miss from working in the hospital is things like you know, just like 
having colleagues that you see every day and you know you know that that kind of thing and like i i, I do have a bit i'm like especially on the film side you, you you tend to sort of work a bit more closely with people and i've got some wonderful colleagues there mm. but you know again like a lot of a lot of it's over zoom but i suppose that's probably the same for everyone now anyway since the, since the pandemic but um, yeah yeah i do miss the kind of the camaraderie and and, and and the colleagues and you know here i am in a in, in a booth in a we work but, but mm-hmm. by myself which, which which probably speaks to um speaks to that it can be a slight a slightly lonely job sometimes but then you know this this is the fun bit as well is actually getting getting to talk to people like yourself you know it kind of just about makes the the year spent sitting by myself in my cubicle worthwhile oh well <laughs> no, I mean oh, thank you very much I mean you know, this old thing <laughs> with your approach to writing a book versus writing a screenplay is that is it wildly different or are the principles the same interesting I think it's probably pretty similar I think somehow screenwriting has created this whole mysticism around it that somehow it's this very difficult you know technical thing mm-hmm. um and, and and i guess i don't really subscribe to that like like you know i think you know once you have the software to lay it out on the page then it's still just it's still just storytelling as uh, its, mm. uh, its basic form i mean certainly there's you know lessons that i've taken from screenwriting that, that i bring to um prose writing but in terms of my, my my process um i'm a big believer in in the don't get it right get it written um uh so uh, i do i definitely do some planning like 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 when i start to write anything i tend to know what the story is where it's going and i tend to know how it's going to end but then within that i like to sort of write and explore and and see what see see, see kind of where it takes me and with both of them i'm a great a great believer in editing i think so many of the great writers were actually you know great editors as much as anything else and so so i always overwrite a lot you, you know my screenplays are always twice as long as they should be at the first class and the novels are you know big as well so yeah i think um in in, in terms of the other um it, it probably translates well to crime, actually, because, of course, screenwriting is necessarily quite plot-driven, right? Every, every mm. scene has to kind of advance something. So so, 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 so maybe this is and one way. Action where... beats and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In in the last novel, actually, that the Android wanted to be a screenwriter, and some of that book is written in screenplay format. And, and, and that mm. was quite fun getting to... What was fun about that was that the book's written in the first person, so, you know, you could have them telling you things. But actually, for the really powerful emotional things, it seemed... That it, it was stronger not to have him simply telling you, but to just see it, you know, you, you know to do it in, in a screenplay mm. format. So um, that, that that was a sort of fun, a, a fun exercise in, in, in combining the two. Oh, no, interesting. And do you do you take a lot of inspiration from the things that you read? Is, is that a, something that you tend to do if you hit a wall, you know, take a break and read other things or? Um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I, I'm, I'm often quite careful about when, when I'm writing something about what goes in. Like everybody says, oh, you should read this because that's in a similar territory. I'm like, that's the last thing I want to read. You, you, you know? Steal things by mistake. Yeah, right. It, it, exactly. That's It's such yeah. a fear, isn't it? Mm. Uh, because, you know, we, we all just consume so much media these days. Days that yeah it's 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 a perpetual concern uh so 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 i try not to you know take in things that are on the same thing but then i suppose that in the bigger picture like you know as i said like like I, I definitely enjoy a lot of different genres of things and i suppose you know we have been for the past few years you know really in this true crime boom in terms of mm. um you know all those tv shows and you know the podcasts you know make, making murderers is wonderful uh, not my god uh, my favorite murder is a wonderful podcast that, yeah. that i love so 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 so, so i think kind of pro- probably you know the subconscious thing of having you know being exposed to so much of that probably is a big part of what why i ended up writing a right writing a crime book this the, the, this time out yeah feels like 
crime and true crime has permeated popular culture so much like it's always been popular but it feels like it's way more prevalent now than ever netflix have a new true crime documentary out every week it feels like at the moment because there's obviously a, an appetite for it completely I mean, I mean it feels like you know almost as soon as you do a crime someone's now making a podcast about it you, you know i'm sure there's writers that are wondering whether they should do some crimes just to be able to do their <laughs> podcast about it i've certainly certainly considered it interesting yeah. this and this is a bit of a tricky question I guess from given the nature of some of your books but if you had to be a character from one of your books who would you be yeah so um like in a way like like there's probably elements of all of them that I already am so so mm. the, the first book's a memoir so that's me course, and then yeah. um the uh previous novel was about this android who wanted to be a screenwriter and you know certainly you know it, that's not me because it's set in the future and, and all of these things and he's an android but there's definitely things that you know I can I, I can relate to about mm. about an android and things you know think you know he finds certain things puzzling about the modern world and and, and that i do as well um, and then this one is um you know very much not me and yet it's probably the one that people might think is most like me because it's you know a scottish doctor who worked in london which which is something i did so so i think um if i could be any of them i would probably be not myself from the first book but but jared the the, the android for, for, from the second book partly because it would just be fun to see you know what the future is yeah. like you know yeah absolutely and i think the benefits of being an android and there's still elements of emotion within his character but just a little bit detached from things might be quite nice sometimes in a way absolutely he has a, he has what's called a feelings wheel which is therapist yeah. gave him which you know lists all the feelings and he can kind of pick out oh i'm feeling hopeful today um, yeah i could do it that's very sometimes. relatable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm afraid now i do have some terrible news for you oh dear i'm afraid you've committed a terrible crime yep that's not news i i, I knew that yep. uh-huh. <laughs> well i assume you did because yep. you committed it <laughs> and unfortunately i mean what first hold on a second you seem very ready with that answer what crime did you, have you committed what do you want to confess it, which, which which one do you know about well the <laughs> one that's getting you sent down for yeah. on the on death row <laughs> oh oh dear wow well um that, i mean that would have to be a terrible crime i definitely didn't do that no i didn't do that <laughs> You're sensible. <laughs> well, regardless of, I guess maybe it's accumulation of all your terrible crimes yep. has meant that unfortunately you've now been sentenced to death. Yep. But the good news is you're going to get the meal of your choice before we before we flip the switch. So or needle, I don't. What, what would your preference be? Do you have a preference? Um. Uh, oh, good, good question. I think. Um. Oh, yeah. I, uh... I think the switch. I, I, I think the switch. Yeah, I think it's the switch quickest. Traditional. Uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I respect <laughs> that. Classic, yeah. <laughs> okay, before we flip the switch, what would your death row meal be? So I would like a, a, a big cake and then baked inside that cake a file. You know, so I kind of think. But assuming that I get caught on that, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the great thing is it's it's your last meal, so you, so you don't have to worry like like all the stuff that you would normally think. Oh, you know, can I have five desserts tonight? Well, you, you can. Be, 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 <laughs> Ooh, calories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, this is actually going to be a terrible confession, but I've been a kind of well, well, I've been a vegetarian pretty much my whole life, and uh, about a, you know a year or two ago, when, when all these you know fake meats start. It starts start, started reappearing the Impossible Burger and the Bomb Burgers. Yeah. The first time I had one, uh, like 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 a you know a made up burger with, with with one of those fake meats in it, I was out with some friends who are all meat eaters, and I was just absolutely astonished. I was like, wait, is this 
is this what burgers taste like? This this is what you people have been eating all the time, and I haven't. Oh, I, I I couldn't believe it. I was like, if I'd known meat tasted this good, I, I probably blowing. would. Have, yeah, yeah. So 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 so, so 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 I might just have a, a big old Impossible Burger. I think I think might be my because uh, I'm I'm still making up for, for lost time on on on, on that front. Oh, that's. Good. I mean, you could have said it even a beef burger, but you're still sticking strong with the vegetarianism to the end. Yes, I, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to you're trying to make up for all your crimes by not killing animals. I see what you're. That, 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 that's right. Well, 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 well I feel like <laughs> you know, if if you're just in case, you know, <laughs> entrance to the afterlife is predicated on not having eaten an animal. I think it's unlikely, but you never know. Um, oh uh, yeah, you it never would be know. Sensible okay. not not to do it as you go out the door, right? Yeah, you've got to do what. Yeah, it's in desperate times and all that. You've got to cling to. Do you, uh, what? What would you have? Oh, I'm. I love I love all food, so it's very hard yeah. to just pick one. Um, I'm a big what, pasta one person. Yeah, one of everything would be amazing. Yeah. I was close to saying pasta. I, I kind of, I couldn't, I just couldn't hone it down on, on which, mm. you, you know, which sauce. Uh, that was that was a challenge. Um, yeah, God, that's the thing. You kind of need like, or maybe like a, a, a taster menu of all loads of different sauces. Just like a little bit of each could be nice. Nah, like a, a pasta tapas yeah. is that a yeah. thing? That should be a thing. I think you've, I think you've just invented the most amazing, amazing thing in the world. I mean, that sounds. That sounds perfect. Yes, I think that you should open a restaurant, a string of restaurants. It could be called pastas, but that doesn't sound right, does it? <laughs> <laughs> and ta- tapster, maybe tapster is gonna. That just they all sound like dating apps that <laughs> are probably full of deviants. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've eaten your burger now, and we've put yeah. you to death. Sorry about that. Yeah. But now we're going to bury you. Okay. What book would you be buried with? So again, in, in the spirit of kind of hedging my bets, I'm going to take like a Bible, a Quran, a Torah, <laughs> the Egyptian Book of the Dead, like 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 whatever else we can find. Uh, but but if it's more like which book would would I? like to read forever in the afterlife mm-hmm. i think for me that would probably be treasure island um, okay uh, yeah i think uh it's you know i'm i'm scottish i'm from edinburgh so robert louis stevenson obviously a big a big thing mm-hmm. in my life always but i i truly think it's one of the sort of the few like almost perfect books like like, like in terms of you know the pacing you know the characters i mean you know he Basically, you know, with Long John Silver, he pretty much invented, you know, the one-legged pirate with a parrot on his mm. shoulder, and I'm sure he could take the rest of the afternoon off after after, <laughs> after having done that, right? That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty strong. And then, um, yeah, and then all the adventure, and uh, and then there's this there's this nice thing that actually I found out quite recently that Robert Louis Stevenson actually, you know, he he never went to to the Caribbean or the uh, the the uh, you know the dry tortugas or, or, or wherever it's supposed to be, but where he did come was was to California and Northern California specifically. And the coast of Treasure Island that he describes is actually all sort of pine trees and rocks and sandy beaches, which sounds an awful lot like like Big Sur and and, and all up around there. So um, there, there's there's like this added nice thing that you know you could, I can read it and be transported to to, to 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 Big Sur, which is lovely. So it kind of uh, covers covers two bases like that, and it's also you know it's a quick read, uh, mm. but it, but it's long enough that you know you, you can get something slightly different each time. So 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 I think I think that would be the one for me. That's a pretty good one. And we can put all of the, the Quran and the Bible things, we can line the rest of the coffin with it if you want, just for safety, just to make sure all the things I think that would be great. And also like like Dianetics, maybe the Scientology one. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's a long shot, but you know. Yeah, again, well, you are we in are LA, so. Yeah. <laughs> 
Just in case we blast you off to your own planet when we finish with you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Obviously living in LA, how long have you lived there now? I've been here for about 10 years. I had um, oh. a couple of years in the in the San Francisco Bay Area and I had a year back in Scotland um, some point during that. But but yeah, overall, so, so, so it's been about a decade and it's quite, it's astonishing to me. Um, you, you know, time time flies. I mean, I think, you mm. know, as you, as you get older, of course, time flies anyway. And there's this weird thing that happens here and I didn't really believe them when I first came here, but everyone tells you that time goes particularly fast because there's not really meaningful seasons so it kind of plays habit with your memory and and, and and all of that and that certainly feels true to me like like sometimes I feel like I got here you know two weeks ago yeah wow I mean time really does have no meaning anymore after the last three years uh right, it feels like right. yeah it's yep. just meaningless entirely but what do you miss most about about Scotland what do you miss most about home? oh wow I mean like like all of it uh, I think, oh. you know, and, and, and more and more, right, as, as as you get older, like, you know, I think, you know, mm. when, when, when I first came here, I, you know, so excited to, to try something new. And, you know, every time I go back to Scotland, I think, wow, this place is, 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 is really special. And also, you know, as we, you know, get ever deeper into this age of climate change, um, you know, California being perpetually on fire, you know, Scotland mm. with, with all its lovely water and, and, and all of that stuff. So it seems, Falling it seems like, is that, is that, and of course, you know, my family and friends and and, and, mm. and, and, and and all of that but you know also there's water so you know it's yes. safe. yeah there's quite a lot of water there yeah <laughs> yeah edinburgh is beautiful as well so you're, you're from edinburgh i, I am yeah I'm, I'm from edinburgh and, and then i studied in glasgow so um uh, i've sort of you're not supposed to do that you know people from edinburgh in glasgow go, yeah <laughs> exactly like they used to have uh, i was talking to someone yesterday and we're remembering that they you know during the 1980s Glasgow had this advertising campaign where they got Mr. Happy um, from the Mr. Man, who's, you know, the big yellow one. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and it was a picture of Mr. Mr. Happy waving. And the slogan was Glasgow's miles better. And, and it was a, a, like, like, and then in Edinburgh, there was a T-shirt that you could get, which was the same thing, Mr. Happy waving, and it said Glasgow's miles away. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Love that, that uh, rivalry. I would also think as well, I mean, even from my experience of going to America, which is I haven't had a lot of it, but I find new countries, comparatively new countries, so weird when you think about the history of, of England and, and Scotland in particular, especially in Edinburgh. It's so hist heavily historical there. Then the second you arrive, you're aware of how like the old town and everything in particular. Yeah. That must be a weird kind of thing to go somewhere, like particularly LA, which is so new and shiny in so many ways. Obviously, you know, a lot of recent history there, but it's... It's still very polished and and shiny. Does, is that or was that a weird thing to settle into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, in Edinburgh we have, of course, the old town and the new town. Mm, and yes. the new town was built in like 1730, and it's still Not the new town. You know, so 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 that's that's def, definitely contrast here. And yeah, when you um, you know, that you know, a hundred and fifty years ago, you know, none of what we would consider modern. Los Angeles was, mm. was, was was really here, but I get the strange thing. One of my friends told me this thing that you, you know you, you used to come to America to see the future, and now you come to see the past. And and there's a little bit of that, like obviously mm. you know some of the politics and stuff, but also like mm. you know I always think it's amazing. You know in America you see these you know cars from like the 1950s sometimes like 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 a farm truck, mm. right? And it's just you know it's not someone's vintage thing. It's just it's it's it's, it's just their truck. So um, yeah, I definitely 
really um sort of um but there is you know, you know i'm a big movie fan of course so you, you know there, there is some sort of it's, it's obviously all more modern but like sure. you know for instance like driving past a street that i recognize from a movie you know mm. kind of counts to me as 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 history yes um, which uh but it's it's true there's definitely like 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 a paucity of you know when, when i take you know american friends to scotland it's there's just an endless thing of like what are we going to look at and then you know when British friends come here, it's kind of like, well, have you seen the Santa Monica Pier? And then, <laughs> and, and then when they have, you're kind of stuck. You say, okay, okay, well, uh, you know, it's more just a place to hang out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good food and, you know, driving everywhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Some, some wonderful driving, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And so what's coming next for you? What are you working on at the moment, if you're allowed to talk about it? Yeah, 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 really good question. I mean, I think, you know, definitely the next group, but I'm still, I'm still percolating a few different, a few different candidates. So we'll settle on, we'll settle on genre. Um, I sort of bounce around a lot between, you know, the prose and the and the screenwriting and and, and all the rest of it. And there's a, there's a couple of things on the on on the screen side that you know maybe hopefully coming together. Um, it's always such a it's such a difference. You, you you know I think you know when you write a book, you, you know it's you know kind of between you and your editor and the publisher. And mm. you know if, if if they like it and they have a slot, you now they'll, they'll publish it. But you know with film and TV, there's just so many, always so many moving parts of you know is the actor available? Is the money available? Is the director available? So um, yeah, I've I've got a few a few film things that that, that we're hoping to advance. But uh, I think really yeah, once um, next two weeks are kind of you know doing some press for the book and coming back to the UK to do a bit of press for the book as well. Okay. And then um, I think yeah, come come the autumn, it'll be time to to to, to sit down in my cube. And, and, and start book, book four. Exciting. Yeah. Brilliant. So thank you, Simon. Thank you so much for your time. It's been so good to chat to you and really excited to see what you come up with next from the genre wall, what you pick. <laughs> for people listening, where can they find you on social media and all those things? Absolutely. So um, I am on social media. Indeed, I've got I've got uh, a website which is so, so my name has a ph in it. So I'm you know simonstevenson.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at at the Simon Bot B-O-T, uh, which was you know supposed to be a joke because my last book was about an Android. But um, uh, basically, basically a, a good a good tip for anyone is do not include the word bot in your Twitter handle. Um, that's <laughs> that's a bad idea. It does not play well with with the algorithm you set your your location to russia as well just to seal the deal right exactly right, right. yeah I might, I might as well i mean it probably is successful and uh, and then I've, i'm doing a couple of events i i, I don't know may, maybe this will have gone out by then but um i have an event uh in edinburgh on the the 2nd of september which is the launch bloody scotland uh, so, so, so Bloody Scotland is, is, is two weeks later. That's on that's on the sixteenth, and I'm doing a panel there with Jack Jordan and Eve Smith. Oh, great! So, um, yeah, looking looking forward to that, and and I'm hopefully that might be my uh, my 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 my, my Har- Harrogate experience. <laughs> sure. you, you know, a, a bit more a bit more Caledonian, but but that's you know that's who we are. Got to start somewhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, and thank yeah, you. really appreciate it. And the book, uh, hopefully, by the time I put this out, the book will be out, and people can buy it straight away and get stuck into reading it wonderful great well well, thank you so much i've I've had a great time awesome great well thank you for listening everyone you can follow our social media channels at red and berry podcast wherever you get them Um, and you can email us if you have an idea for an author you'd like us to speak to like simon or if you've got any books you want to tell us about or anything like that you can email us at red and berry podcast at gmail.com so that's all from us now thank you so much and we'll see you soon bye hello and this is frame to frame part of the We Made This Podcast Network. We are a podcast that take two seemingly unconnected films and slam them together with the most obscure theme 
that we can find. I'm Andy Williams. And I'm Sean Wilson. And every Wednesday, you'll be able to find out a little bit more about the different themes and different films that we look into. You can hear moments such as this. Gwyneth Paltrow has as many Oscars as David Cronenberg. That's just wrong in every sense of the word. Um, yeah, but you can't get a candle that smells like David Cronenberg. No, wait, I'm not going to get there. Um, <laughs> no, no, don't, don't do that. I mean, we've we've done nearly ten minutes on why you dislike Zack Snyder, and that was just the first the first person that I mentioned as as a, a, a talented name. In the, the now film. you've got you've got to make get, take us in a positive direction, please. Okay, Jared Butler is the lead of this film. Oh, that's not a good start. That's, that's really not a good start. At all. Keep going. <laughs> I just want to say, Emma, I really I really love your philosophy about no matter how good or bad a movie is there's a lot of effort that goes into it <laughs> I, re- I really like that philosophy because i find myself grappling with that it's kind of like it's really easy to tear something down because the finished product that comes out in the cinema or on streaming is nominally bad but it has actually had a fair amount of effort that went into it regardless exactly. of how that stands be sure to check your podcast app of choice every wednesday to find new episodes you'll be able to like subscribe and find us on social media at frame to frame pod